What is going on, Uncanceled? What's How up? are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we're happy to have you guys on the pod. I said the other day to Ben and Brianna, I said it's the potty. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I'm just kidding. I, I'm sorry. I'm a child sometimes. I'm a child sometimes. But uh, we're, um, we're on the podcast today and on YouTube, and Brianna's apologizing to you. Um, but thank you for tuning in. We have two guests with us today for the segment. Rate I don't that. really know if I'm a guest. You kind of are. Like for, for the rate that so you haven't been on in a while. I'm you're, so you're, sorry, everyone. You haven't been on since we were rating apples. Yeah, like Man. that's and like the thing is, is like the actual rate Breaking that segment, heart. the actual rate that segment is like me and Ben. Like that's like that, that's like our like alley. So like betrayed. Uh, I'm Speaking sorry. Of Allie. <laughs> what? Speaking of Allie. Speaking of Allie, Allie, say hello to everybody. Hi. This is Allie. She's my intern. My intern. That just sounds yeah. like my minion. Like it's like no. she she's one of our oh, students at Impact our Youth. And our student. She's one of our students at Impact Youth. We do thank God for Sister Allie. Amen. Uh, it's good to have her. I'm just I'm just playing around. I don't call her Sister Allie. We uh, do. We know. Yes, yes uh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> we're happy to have her on the podcast. It's going to be good. Uh, it is time to rate, rate that. Carbonated water. Here we go. Let's get this going. Everyone, a good chime in, Brianna. I yep. think yep. Allie maybe oh, came sorry. in. Uh, cherry. <laughs> cherry edition. Cherry edition? Okay. I mean, I can get down with that. But, Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about this right sure. here? Sure. So, this is uh, clearly Canadian. Clearly. Clearly um, it is. It's a sparkling water, and it's wild cherry flavored. It was at uh, Carmelin Farms in New Milford, Connecticut, if you're ever there. I like um, wild cherry. I don't like cherry. I like wild cherry, though. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of cherry, but I'm open to being pleasantly surprised. Okay, all right. I agree with that. I don't like cherry. I don't know the difference. She I don't know no if this one, it's a, it's a glass oh, bottle, okay. which is kind of yeah. cool. I don't Let's know see if what it's really type gonna, of spark yeah, we're going to yeah, get. Yeah. This is going to be curious. interesting. Let's see. Mm. It was like a little It was a little sizzle. lacking. Um, but... All right, let's see. There's 90 calories for this entire thing. Is there? So I guess there's some type of component of sweetness that we that's should a, expect. That's a, that's a demerit for me. Why? Is it, though? The calories. It's just Calories. We'll just get a little, you know, pass it down. Take one, pass it down. Thank We're going to see what we got here today. Sampling. Take it, pass it down. Take it, pass it down. Very nice. Very All right. Nice. Let's, okay. let's, see, let's give it a sniff. Oh. <laughs> oh man, we're getting that cough medicine <laughs> this again. Might be, this, this might be three straight weeks. This might be a three straight weeks since Liquid Death uh, stole our hearts. Let's wow. try it. Oh, oh, there's the sweetness. You're not a fan. I just don't like cherry. It tastes like cough medicine, but it's it sweet. Like it's sweet, sweet cough, cough medicine. medicine. Yeah. If you like cherry, it'd probably be really good. You'd probably love this right now. Yeah. This. All right. Do you like it, Allie? Not really. No, well, what do you not like about it? Just it has an aftertaste. I okay. Don't like it. Like a, a cherry medicine? aftertaste. I don't know. I think it's because of the carbonation. I don't really like carbonated water. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the point of this entire well, segment. All right. But that, that that's okay. That's 
Uh, all right. Allie, we'll, uh, uh, we won't start with Allie. We won't start with someone that's... We'll start, ben, we'll start with you. What, what are your thoughts about this? It's very interesting. It's not really that carbonated. Would you agree? I would 100% agree. But it's very sweet. Um, and I think that the flavor is like... It's, I think it's a good cherry flavor. I just don't really love cherry. All that said, I would not enjoy the entire bottle. So I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Allie, why don't you go ahead and hit us with, with your thoughts on this? Um, I feel like, I don't know if it's the right word. I feel like it's like kind of tangy. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right word. I get it. Like it almost makes like your tongue kind of like, like pucker yeah. up a little, or like your lips pucker up a little bit when you take a sip of it, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And I usually love cherry, but like I don't really like this cherry flavor. Ooh. So, mm. I would, like, not drink this ever again, so I'd give it, like, a one. <laughs> wow. Yikes. There you go. She hit it with a one. All right, Brianna, what, what, what do you think? Okay, I don't like cherry at all, but I will say I had a different version of this brand, and it was so good, so I want to give it a good rating because I liked the other one, but I hate this one. So I'm gonna give this a two and a half. Okay. See, I think we're all I think we're losing the spirit of rate that carbonated water, all right? Are we really solely going on flavor? Because that's not necessarily a fair distinction. Because it, from what I'm looking at here, right, it's the fullness of the carbonated water. This specific carbonated water here. It is very nice to, to, like, it's a very, like, nice feeling going down your throat. Like, like I, I'm enjoying, like, when I take a sip of it and I drink it, I like it. I like the sweetness of it. I do. I just don't really like cherry. So, as a carbonated water, if I tried another flavor, it would be, like, way, 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 way higher than this. But because flavor is such a big part of it, I'm going to bring it down. But I'm going to bring it a little bit further up than you guys. Like, everything about this screams, like, this is an 8 to 10, except for the flavor. So, I'm going to go with a 4.5. I would I, never drink a whole thing of this, but... You think the carbonation's nice? I mean... I do. I think it's smooth, but it's not very carbonated at all. I'll take one more sip just to... I really would like you guys to try the one that's sitting on my desk. I, it's I blackberry. I think it's I nice. You know, Cumbies didn't have that one. They just had wild cherry. Try the blackberry. Yeah, well, we're going to try good. another. I, I, if, if Ben can find it, we're going to try another flavor of this and see where it comes in. It's really just the flavor that I don't like. That's how. That's my feeling. It's really just the flavor. If this flavor was was like a flavor I enjoyed, I, I you could be hearing me say this is like an 8 to 10 right now, probably. I think that's fair. The sweetness throws me off a little bit. Okay. It's nice in the other one. Maybe next week we won't drink cough medicine. Hopefully. <laughs> well, I, I actually, well, you'll find out next week. Never mind. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to another segment of Rate, Rate That, that carbonated, carbonated Water. water. Very nice. Go. Very excellently done. Good All right. Um, thank you for having get us. Off, get off the podcast. Oh, okay. uh, we, I love you. I'll Bye. be back soon. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Take care. Take care. God bless. God bless. We do thank God. Yeah. Let's get these, like... Uh, Brianna, if you don't mind taking these out of here, who knows? Maybe Ben will chop this part out. I have no idea. We'll see. If he doesn't, then you just heard 
behind-the-scenes footage of the uncanceled podcast. Um, anyway, I'll keep this with me right here. It's just a cool uh, aesthetic, I guess. Today, that was loud. I like it. Today, we're going to be talking about the feelings generation. The feelings generation. This generation is all about feelings. Is all about feelings. Everyone wants to do everything based on their feelings. You know, how many of you guys, well, I guess I couldn't see you by show of hands, but maybe in the comments, if this applies to you, you could put like one of those little hand raise emojis. Um, how many of you guys have heard, do what you understand to be truth? Live by your truth. Follow your heart. Do what is right in your eyes. Do what you think is best. Those are common things that we hear in our society. And many times I hear, you know, I just don't really feel God. You know, when I pray, I don't really feel God. You know, I just don't believe in God anymore because I can't really feel Him. I just do whatever, you know, I feel like doing. Man, wouldn't our world be a mess if everyone actually did what they quote-unquote felt like doing? I feel like killing someone today. Well, that doesn't mean that you're going to do it. You know, I feel like robbing a bank today. I feel like doing this today. I feel like leaving my family today. Imagine if we uh, lived by our feelings, yet people try and discredit Christianity by their feelings. Well, I just didn't really feel anything when I was, you know, reading my Bible the other day. Well, I just didn't really feel anything when I was in service the other day. Yeah, I just left, I left the Christian faith because I just wasn't really feeling anything. I wasn't really feeling the vibe in there. We don't live by our feelings. That's what I'm here to tell you today. We don't live by our feelings. Feelings do not determine reality. Feelings do not determine facts. We see a big foot push about feelings in our society today. Well, I don't feel like this or feel like that. Well, it doesn't mean that you're not that. We cannot live by our feelings, and we live in the feelings era, the feelings generation. But let's see what the Word of God says about feelings. Let's see if the Word of God supports the, this idea of living by our feelings or living by something else. First, the Bible tells us not to lean on our own understanding. Not to lean on our own understanding. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Proverbs 3. If you don't know where Proverbs is, it's right after Psalms. It's right after, right after the book of Psalms. Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to begin in verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Interesting. The Word of God says to not depend on our own understanding, yet people will tell you this all the time. What is your truth? What is your reality? That's your own understanding, but yet the Bible says not to depend on our own understanding. It's not about what we think. It's not about what we think the truth is. There is one truth. There is the truth, and that truth is found in the Word of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hmm. People, when, people that, uh, that uh, met Jesus today, some people that claim to be Christians or claim that, you know, 
oh, well, Christians today are just overly religious. There's not one truth. There's many truths. There's many ways to heaven. People that think that wouldn't have liked Jesus very much because Jesus said that he is the way, that he is the truth, and that he is the light, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. So no, it isn't your truth. It isn't your understanding because Jesus is the truth. So what does that mean that Jesus is the truth? That means the things that Jesus said are the truth. The things that are in the word of God, that are the spoken word of God, this Bible right here is the truth. You cannot claim to be a Bible-believing Christian, yet not believe the fullness of the Bible. You cannot even claim to be a follower of Christ, yet not believe the words that Christ spoke. I want to say this, and I actually forget the reference, forgive me. But Jesus said that not one part of the law, not one part of the law would cease not one of the uh, part of the law would cease. I want to actually look up that scripture. Not one part of the law. Here it is. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. I'm going to turn there in my Bible. I want you to turn in your Bible there too so that you can see what I'm talking about. It's right before Mark, first book of the, Old Te- or of the New Testament. Sorry, Matthew chapter 5. Beginning in verse 18, it says this, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Jesus said this, that not one part, not even the smallest part. I talked to a Hebrew scholar one time, and they said there's like a small part of a Hebrew letter. And it's like the tiniest part of the Hebrew, uh, Hebrew letter. I forget what the name of it is. And that's actually what Jesus is talking about. Even the smallest detail, the smallest part of a Hebrew word, of a Hebrew letter, will not disappear until it accomplishes its purpose. So Jesus, his understanding was, and his truth, which is the truth, is that not even one part of God's law is going to pass away until it accomplishes its purpose. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the light. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. No, there's not many different ways to heaven. No, it's not whatever your understanding of heaven and hell is. What your understanding about what happens when you die, your understanding doesn't matter. I know that that might sound harsh, but it's the truth. My understanding doesn't matter. My truth doesn't matter. If it's not in line with the Word of God, it doesn't matter. My truth doesn't matter unless it's the truth that comes from the Word of God. Someday we're all going to stand before God. And if anybody tries this one, you know, well, you know, God, I hear what you're saying right now that I'm guilty, but, you know, that's just not my truth. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. Okay. It's not your truth. And here's the reality. When we stand before God, we're going to realize, wow, I was really wrong about this if we stand by this opinion of my truth. My truth. No, there's one truth. If everybody has a different truth, then why don't we all just do whatever we want? There shouldn't be a government. Shouldn't be a government. I I think there should be a government. I'm saying, though, that if we can all just have our own truth, then why is there even a government? What if my truth is that, you know, or my understanding is the word that, that I'm using here. My understanding is, well, you know, I can just do whatever I want, and I don't really think that, you know, I don't really like English people. 
you know, they lost in the war. So, you know, I just think that, you know, we should all take them out. What if that was my truth? Should I go to prison for my truth? That's my understanding. The world tells us all the time, well, if that's your truth, if that's your understanding, where does the line get drawn? The reality is, as much as they would like to try and tell us that the line gets drawn here or it gets drawn when, you know, you infringe on other people's rights, does it? Does it? Because last time I checked, they infringe on our rights all the time. What am I talking about? I'm talking about society and how they, you know, tell us, you know, oh, yeah, you know, well, if your truth is, you know, that you can be a man, you can be a woman, even though you were not created that gender, then, you know, you can just be that. Well, how does that in front on your, uh, on your rights, Joey? Here's how it does, because then I have to start calling them all these different things. I have to start, you know, letting them come into the bathroom with me. That is infringing upon my life. I know that people wouldn't like to hear this, but it's just the truth. The truth. The words of Jesus are the way, the truth, and the light. Jesus is the truth. The Bible says not to lean on our own understanding. I'm not going to lean on my understanding. Man, I, I would, this, the world would be messed up if I did things by my understanding. Well, isn't it just on your understanding that you believe the Word of God? The Word of God is truth. This thing right here, this is what I base everything on. My understanding comes from the Word of God, the truth. Jesus is the way. He's the truth and he's the light. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to lean on the understanding and the truth that comes from God's word. From God's word. Don't lean on your own understanding. The Bible then tells us, so the first point was the Bible tells us not to lean on your own understanding. The second thing the Bible tells us is not to follow our heart. Hmm. That one's interesting. How many movies, TV shows do we watch? You know, follow your heart. You know, Whatever your heart is telling you to do, you should just go and do that. But in reality, the Bible actually tells us not to follow our heart. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Jeremiah 17, 9. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Jeremiah 17, 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things, and desperately wicked. Hmm. Who really knows how bad it is? Wow. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Wow. How about that? We're being told in our society to follow the very thing that God says is the most deceitful above all things. That the human heart is deceitful of all things. Man, that's bad. But yet we follow it and we make our decisions based upon what our heart tells us. Our feelings. Where do our feelings come from? Our heart. Yet we're making decisions based on our feelings. Yet we're living based on what our heart tells us to do. When in reality that's one of the most dangerous things that you can do. Is make decisions based on our human heart that's evil and deceitful in all its ways. Thank God for Jesus Christ who is able to take our heart of stone, the Bible says in Ezekiel, and take our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. But understand that our heart's deceitful. Our heart will lie to us, but the Word of God will not. The Word of God will tell us the truth. The truth. There's one truth. We can't follow our own understanding. We can't follow our heart. 
Our heart and our understanding is deceitful. We cannot lean on those things. They're inconsistent. My heart one day feels like this. My heart the next day feels like that. I've heard men, men say before, I just don't feel like I'm married today. Should we start telling them that they're not married? Well, that's not what you feel like today. Okay, well, if that's not what you, if you don't feel married today, well, you know, I just don't feel like that's my dad today. I don't feel like that's my son today. I don't feel like that's my daughter today. I don't feel like that's my mother today. Does that change the fact that that's not your mother? Because society would tell you, yes, it does change the facts. We don't believe in biology anymore. So why should we even believe that anymore? Oh, well, you don't really feel like that's your mother and your father? Well, then that's not your mother and father then. How far are we going to go? We cannot live by our heart. Man, imagine if I didn't feel like I was married to Brianna one day, so then I was able to just go do whatever I want with whoever I wanted. That would be wicked. That would be wicked and evil in every single way. Just because we might not feel some type of way doesn't mean that it's not the reality of the situation. We need, well, I'll get to that in a second. You're probably wondering for a solution. Well, what do I do if, if I feel some type of way that's contrary to the Word of God? We're getting there, I promise you. So don't, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't follow your heart. Don't follow your feelings. The last thing, well, you should just do what you think is right. What you think is right. The Bible actually shows us that wickedness followed doing what was right in our own eyes. Wickedness follows doing right in our own eyes or doing uh, um, right in, our, in people's eyes. Judges 21, 25. And I actually had to memorize this scripture in Bible college so I don't have to go there. Praise God. But you should go there. Judges 21, 25. I'll tell you what, it's amazing while you're turning there. Pastor Brandon, he uh, dealt with uh, some learning disabilities. He had dyslexia and things of that nature. He was the old youth pastor here, and he was my youth pastor, and he still works at Faith Church. And he, when he got saved, God helped him memorize scriptures by, like, without him even trying. And I noticed that in my walk with the Lord that sometimes I just memorize scriptures. It's really weird. Just randomly, I just start memorizing them, and I didn't even try to. But it's amazing what God will do. Anyway, Judges 21, 25. In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Okay, well, why does that mean that it's bad? In the time of Judges, Israel was constantly in slavery over and over again because they worshipped false idols, because they thought that it was right in their own eyes to do whatever they wanted to do. It led to slavery, it led to bondage, and it led to every kind of wickedness. And then they'd cry out to the Lord for help, the Lord would raise up a judge. That's why it's called judges, like Gideon, Samson, those are all the judges. And then God would deliver them, and they'd worship the Lord again. And then after that, they'd again, they'd do what was right in their own eyes. They'd do what was right in their own eyes. In fact, at the beginning of the book of Judges, at the beginning of every cycle, it, it's that, and then the Israelites did what was right in their own eyes. Then the Israelites turned from the Lord. Then the Israelites did wicked things. It is not about what is right in your own eyes. It's not what's about what's right in your own eyes. Again, going back to that example before. Well, I just think it's right in my own eyes that when, you know, someday when I have a son and when my son does something wrong, I need to beat him. Should the law really do anything about that if I think that that's what's right in my own eyes? Obviously, the answer is yes. They should do something. 
But if we're going to base everything on, well, do whatever you think is right. Follow your heart. Follow your own understanding. Well, then there's no rules then, are there? There's no end to it. There's no line to it. Do whatever you want. Who establishes moral right and wrong then? The answer is no one. You can try and come up with, well, I think this truth, I think that truth. Well, I think, you know, there is a this line. Well, that's your truth. If we really want to play the your truth, this truth, that truth, and we can't establish that there's a the truth, my goodness, the other day I, I, I um, had a student come up to me, and the student sent me an article that his school had him read. The article was titled, this is not me saying this, the article titled it, Blacksican. And my understanding of the article is that it was like some half black, half Mexican man that went to China but appreciated the Chinese culture more. So now he identifies as Chinese. He's no longer black or, or, or Mexican. Can we really just do that now? And I know that I'm making this, I keep on coming back to, you know, the, the transgender conversation and the, you know, the identification conversation. I know I keep coming back to that type of thing. But it's relevant to our culture and it, it's what's going on. What happens if tomorrow I decide to be a black man? What happens? Can I now be a black man? The answer is no, I can't be. Absolutely not. Because that's not who I am. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. What if tomorrow that I go to the bank and I tell them that my truth is that I'm a millionaire? Do they have to go and they have to take all the money out of the bank and give it to me? Well, the world will tell you yes. Well, that's not the facts. You, you don't have a million dollars. Okay, well, biologically... I also am not black. Like, where, where does it end? It's so stupid, it's not even funny. And re in reality, I'm not angry with every individual. It's the devil, the, dece the deceiver of men, the liar. He's been lying since the beginning. He's been lying since the garden where he lied to Eve, where he deceived Eve, where he deceived Adam and Eve in the garden. And they ate of that fruit. And sin entered the world. He's been lying and deceiving from the beginning. And now he's deceiving this generation that we live by our feelings. That we live by our feelings. Man, when is it going to stop? I, I don't even know if we're going to be able to call anyone by any type. Like, can I even call Ben Ben anymore? What if Ben doesn't think he's Ben anymore? What if he's different on that day? What if his truth is that you don't use names anymore? This world is getting crazier and crazier by the second because we're leaning on our own understanding, because we're following our heart, and because we're doing what is right in our own eyes, just like the Bible warned us not to do. Look at what Proverbs 28, 26 says. Man, I'm feeling it today. <laughs> I'm feeling it today. Proverbs 28, 26. I'm always feeling it. I'm always feeling it. Proverbs 28, 26. And guess what? Even if I'm not feeling it, it don't matter. Because we don't live by our feelings. Look at that. Full circle. Praise God. It don't matter. I'll make myself feel it. We'll get to that in a second. Proverbs 28, 26. Those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. 
Honestly, I think that that's pretty self-explanatory right there. Anyone that trusts their own insight is foolish. Or some translations say, and I think better say, anyone that trusts their own heart is foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. I'm waiting for the day where a teacher tells me that some kid got a question wrong on a test, and then they marked it wrong, and the kid walks up and goes, well, that's not my truth. What are you going to do? You know, you say you're taking a biology test, and you say XX chromosomes are what? And they put female. And then the teacher goes, no, that's male. And they go, well, that's not my truth. I I think that XX can refer to females. What are you going to do? Are you going to mark it wrong? You're going to mark it right. Two plus two is, is five. Well, in my world, it is. Goodness sake. It doesn't end. It really doesn't. So, what does the Bible tell us? to do with our emotions, to do with our feelings, because feelings are real. Feelings are real. They're a part of the human soul. I'm not saying it's bad to have feelings. You don't want to be a robot, right? But what do we do with our feelings? Let's talk about what the Bible tells us to do. We know the Bible tells us not to lean on our own understanding. We know the Bible tells us not to follow our heart. And we know the Bible tells us not to do what's uh, right in our own eyes. We do know what the Bible does say, though. The Bible tells us to walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. How do we walk? We walk by faith. We walk by faith, not what we see. And what we see is ultimately what we feel at the end of the day because what we see will end up being what we feel. We don't walk by anything other than faith. We walk by our understanding. I'm not teaching you blind faith today. People think, you know, all Christians just follow, like, you know, blindly God. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that Christianity is fully this blind experience. But guess what? There will be times where sometimes you have to believe things without actually seeing them. Yes. Yes. The evidence of things not seen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Now faith. Let's actually read it. Actually, I'm sorry. That's Hebrews 11. Not Hebrews 12. Let's read it. We're getting there. This is not my Bible, so it takes, I'm not used to the pages as much. Hebrews 11. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for, for it is the evidence of things we cannot see. Hmm. Faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith sees things supernaturally. Faith walks supernaturally. Things that we cannot see. Substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. It's the same thing as a kid that has a dream of being a baseball player someday. He's not a baseball player, but that's his dream and that he believes that he's going to be able to do it. He has faith that he's going to be able to become a baseball player. It's funny, uh, Sports Illustrated did a... Uh, or Time Magazine or something like that, did an article on a 13-year-old boy having an unrealistic dream of being a MLB player someday. And they were like, it's just unrealistic, and he's got to, you know, figure it out and stuff, and like, you know, have realistic goals and all this stuff. And that person is Bryce Harper, who's now on the Philadelphia Phillies and is playing in the World Series right now and is one of the best players in all of baseball. Yeah, sometimes it takes a little bit of faith. The world told Bryce Harper... Not to walk by faith. Said, you can't just walk blindly, boy. 
You can't just, you know, walk around and be like, you know, you're going to, you know, be a be a baseball player. You have to have realistic dreams. Well, if he wasn't re- if he was realistic, he would never be in the MLB right now. Sometimes you have to walk by faith. You have to walk by faith. Yeah, sometimes faith is. You might not see it right now. But guess what? You will at some point, and then you can see it. But it starts with believing something that, yeah, you might not be able to see in the moment. You cannot see. In order to be saved, you have to have faith because you cannot see Jesus physically dying on the cross. Right now, you're not going to go back in a time machine, watch Jesus die on the cross, and then watch him rise again from the dead. You have to believe it even though you haven't seen it. Physically happen. Physically happen. Understand that. We have to walk by faith. Hebrews 11.8. By the way, this is the faith chapter. This is a powerful chapter. All of these guys walked by faith, not by sight. They walked by faith, not what they felt. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. He went without knowing where he was going. I'm sure Abraham was like, man, I don't really know about this. I'm sure that Abraham got tired some days. I don't really know where I'm going right now. But praise God that Abraham didn't stop. He went by faith. He walked by faith, not by his feelings. Man, we have a soft generation. We have a soft generation, and we let them be soft. What do I mean? My dad My dad always used to bust my chops as a kid if I ever, like, you know, got he would say soft about something, you know. He'd be like, boy, he'd be like, you're Tom Carvel," And he, he'd be kidding with me. He wouldn't be being serious. But, like, I'd get, like, sm- like, somebody would, like, throw, like, a baseball at my head, like, in a game, and I'd get hit. And, I, you know, I'd get up and go to first, and he'd be like, you were being a little bit like Tom Carvel for a second after that. But he'd just be playing around with me, of course. But we, we have a soft generation. My dad taught me to, to not be soft. I'm not saying, you know, not to be compassionate to your kids someday. But, like, you know, a kid, you know, falls off their bike, not even bleeding, doesn't even have a scrape on their body. You come and you coddle them, and you pick them up, and you, ooh, ooh, you're okay. Get up. Keep walking. You're fine. You're fine. If every time in life that something happens, we just tell our society, oh, it was kind of hard, oh, well. That's, well, then, you know, if you're feeling like that's kind of hard, if you don't really feel like doing your homework today, then I guess you just don't really have to. We're creating a soft, emotion-based, feeling-based generation that we make decisions based on our feelings. Oh, you don't feel like going to school today? No problem. I know one lady, she doesn't make her daughter go to school if she don't feel like it. What are we doing? It's not about your feelings. We need to walk by faith. We need to walk by what the Word of God tells us because that's something that we can stand on. That's something that's consistent and constant. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It says so. I believe that's uh, Hebrews 13.8. Yep, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Jesus is the same. He doesn't change on us. He doesn't cast a shifting shadow, it says in James chapter 1, verse 17. He doesn't change or cast a shifting shadow. God is constant, the same, someone we can rely on. We need to walk by faith. Next, and I love this right here. This will help somebody here. The Bible tells us to walk by faith, right? 
But the Bible tells us to submit to God's will, not our feelings. I'll tell you this, if Jesus lived by his feelings, he would have never went to the cross. Watch this. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Oh, look at that. We opened up right there when we got to Matthew. Matthew 30, uh, 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Get- Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go pray over there. He took Peter and uh, Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distress. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went a little farther farther, and bowed with his face on the ground, praying, My father, please take this cup from me, and if you don't, I won't do what you want me to do. Oh, he didn't say that. My father, I have certain feelings about this situation, and I'm going to live by them. Oh, he didn't say that either, did he? He said, My father, if it be possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not my will. Mm. He said, I want your will, not my will. Your will, not my will. This was Jesus. Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. He was God in the flesh. Yet he was showing us something here by saying that it is about God's will in our life, not about our will in our life. If Jesus lived by his feelings, he would have never died on the cross for humanity. Eh, really, God? I've been, I've been perfect. I haven't sinned once. I'm, I am God in the flesh. I'm good. It's about my feelings, right? Whatever I want to do. Jesus was the express image of the Father. Everything Jesus did was a perfect reflection of the will of God. Jesus submitted to God's will. Jesus didn't, you know, say, okay, you know, I'm not going to go to the cross. I don't really feel like it today. At any point, Jesus could have called on legions of angels, and they could have taken him right off the cross. But guess what? He didn't live by his feelings. He was obedient even to the point of death. And praise God that Jesus' death gave birth to the life of many Christians that would come to know him. So I'm not here to tell you today that, you know, that, you know, you have to go and die on a cross because Jesus already did that work. He already did it for us. He paid the death for us. But Jesus didn't live by his feelings. Jesus walked by faith. He did what the, what the Father told him to do. He lived by God's will for his life, God's plan for his life. Understand, we think we have all these rights. You know, God shouldn't tell me what to do. Why not? He created you. He created you. He created me. Why shouldn't he get to tell me what I can do? Because he created me. He is the creator. He died for me. He breathed breath into my lungs. Of course, he's the creator. He's my master. I serve him. And when we change our perspective to our life is not our own, it was bought with a price, we understand that we're going to submit to God's will. We're not going to live by our feelings. MPAC students that are watching, you're not going to live by your feelings. That's not how we live life. And let me tell you, it is 10 times better not living by my feelings because it doesn't change every day. My purpose and plan stays the same every day, that I'm here to serve Jesus and Jesus alone today. That's what I'm here for today. That's why I'm living today. That's why I'm on this podcast today. And man, does God ever bless me for that. 
His hand of blessing and favor is on my life stronger than any, any, anything that anyone else can do for me. Well, couldn't you have made a lot of money playing sports? Couldn't have you made a lot of money doing this, this, that, or the other thing? Sure, but let me tell you what, it would have brought a lot of sorrow that I didn't need to have. I'm blessed by God. I live a blessed life. And why? It's not because of me. It's not because of how great that I am. It's simply because of the fact of submitting to God's will and not living by my feelings. I don't really feel like showing up to impact and preaching the, the preaching today. Too bad. And by the way, I always do feel like that because I'm submitted to God's will. And that's actually going to lead into our next point. So what do we do if our feelings don't line up with what God's will for us is? Our feelings don't line up with what we know that we ought to do. What do we do? Because there will be times, straight up, I'll be real, there, there will be times where you might not feel like praying. You might not feel like reading your Bible. You might not feel like obeying God's word. If I could be candid, let's go back to the issue of gender. You don't feel like you want to be, you know, attracted to boys today if you're a girl. You don't feel like you want to be attracted to girls today if you're a boy. Those are real feelings that people do have, and I'm not, I'm not disqualifying those things. I feel like taking my life today. I feel anxious today. Those are real feelings Two things. First, you don't have to confess that over your life. You don't have to confess that over your life. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And for those people that don't like positive confession, there's 20 other verses I can go to you and show you the same principle being in action. Jesus said, if you say unto this mountain. So I, I could, if, you, if you have a problem with that, that's all throughout the Bible. But anyway... Can, don't confess that over you. But watch this. The Bible tells us to make our thoughts submit to Christ, not Christ to submit to our thoughts. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, we're going to go there. We're going to go there. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what I mean by that. We're just going to literally go there right now in the Bible. That was probably super cringe. Sorry. 2 Corinthians 10.5. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. I don't like that translation. still says the same thing, basically. But I want to, basically, the translation that I'm looking for is going to be the NIV or really any other translation other than the NLT. We take every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Take your thoughts captive. What do I mean? I feel like this right now. Take it captive. Stop. You stop it right there. I feel depressed today. Should you really even be living right? Take it captive right there. Stop and declare the word of God instead. Make it submit to Christ. Make it submit to Christ. My thoughts. My thoughts do not submit to Jesus Christ because guess what? My thoughts have a name. And the Bible says that Jesus is above every name, everything that has a name, every ruler, power, principality, and anything else. Jesus is more powerful than that. It says it in Ephesians 1.19. So it has a name. So I'm not going to let it be my thoughts and my feelings submit to Christ. I'm going to make them, I'm going to force them to submit to Christ. How do I do that? I declare the word of God. There it is again, confession. I'll say to myself, you know, oh, you know, I just don't, man, 
am I really doing a good job being a youth pastor here? Maybe I shouldn't be. Nope, taken into captivity. I know that God has called me to a plan and a purpose. I know that God has called me to this. I know he started a good work in me. And that it's going to come to completion. That he's going to see this work out in me. You go and declare the word of God right away. Well, I don't really, what, what if I don't really feel it right away? Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Well, I don't really feel like praying today. The disciples didn't feel like praying. Jesus probably didn't, quote, unquote, feel like praying. Because it says that it says in that passage that I just read to you that he literally felt like he was, like was going to die. He was, like, really downcast. But Jesus understood. It doesn't matter what his body feels like. He's going to go and he's going to make it conform into the image of Christ. I'm not saying, by the way, Jesus was sinning. He wasn't sinning. He was a human that had feelings and that had emotions. But he didn't let those emotions rule him and control him into sin. He went and he forced himself. He probably wanted to, to be quite honest with you, because he was Jesus. But the disciples didn't want to. The disciples were tired, but Jesus said to pray in the garden. He said to pray in the garden. Disciples didn't feel like it. They were tired. They fell asleep. And Jesus said, could you not tarry one hour? Jesus wasn't okay with the excuse of their feelings being tired. He wasn't okay with that. You have to override your feelings. Some, I'll be honest with you, man, straight up, or woman, if you're watching. I'll go to my prayer room. I'll start praying. Sometimes for the first two or three minutes, I'm not really feeling it. I'm tired, you know. But then I just begin to praise God. Praise him. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to me. Father, thank you for creating me. I just remember that the Lord created me and that he loves me and that he died for me. And I just tell him how good he is. And then I just keep giving him praise. And because of that praise, the, uh, there's, a pre- there's a joy that comes in that. Because I just feel his presence all around me. I become aware of his presence around me. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand are treasures and pleasures forevermore. And I just remember how good he is. And then I get excited about talking to him. And then I get excited about praying. Sometimes you have to press in. It doesn't just come right away. Press in. I'm, re- I'm not really feeling anything when I read the Bible. Have you even asked God to help you when you read the Bible? A lot of people don't. Read it. Take it slow. Lord, help me understand this. Sometimes you have to press in to have a relationship with somebody. You have to press in can't just be like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm good. How are you? Man, I just really don't have a good relationship with this person. No wonder you just asked them how they were doing. And they give the, you asked a generic question, how are you doing? Everyone goes, pretty good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Man, I just am I'm not really feeling God. Here's how some people, they try to feel God. You feel that? You hear that? No, you don't feel that, and you don't hear that, because you're not doing anything. You're just standing there with your hands raised like this. If you're on the podcast, I'm just standing here doing absolutely nothing, just so you know, with my hands up. How you doing, Jesus? I didn't really hear anything. You there? Jesus? Pastor Joey, I tried to pray, and it wasn't really working out for me. Press in. Press in. You know, I'll be straight up with you. I don't think there was ever a time in my life I heard the audible. No, there wasn't. I would remember. There wasn't a time in my life where I heard the audible voice of God yet. 
I believe I will at some point. But I feel him speaking in my spirit. Say, I feel him bring, listen to this. When you're praying and something just kind of comes to your mind out of nowhere, odds are that that's the Lord speaking to you. Like, I thought of this morning I did something, and the Lord, I, I, something just came to my mind right away. And I was like, there was no way I could have thought of that if it wasn't the Lord. Understand that. Press in. Press in. You want to hear God speak? Open up the Bible and hear him speak. He'll speak in, he speaks in his word. Jesus has a lot of stuff to say in this book right here, and he'll speak to you right here every single day. I can go talk to Jesus right now if I want to, right on this podcast. I'll talk to him and I'll open the book. Wow, you really said that, God? Wow, that was amazing. That was powerful. Lord, can you give me more understanding about that? And he will. He will. you got to press in. We're not the feelings generation. Impact Youth is not a feelings youth group. We don't come and cry at the altar and then leave there not changed. You might cry because you get touched by God or something like that, but that's not our focus. I'm not about the crying. Goodness sake, some of these churches are all about crying and feelings and emotions. I'm not because that's not a genuine relationship with God. A relationship with God will have moments of feelings, will have moments where you, where you feel some type of way. Yes, if you do it right, you will feel some things. But just because I'm not feeling it at a given moment doesn't mean I'm going to stop pressing in. We're not going to live by our feelings. We're going to live by the truth of God's word. Our feelings do not control us. So let's recap and then we'll close. The Bible tells us not to lean on our own understanding. The Bible tells us not to follow our heart. The Bible tells us that wickedness followed doing what's right in our own eyes. The Bible tells us to walk by faith. The Bible tells us to submit to God's will, not our feelings. The Bible tells us to make our thoughts submit to Christ, not Christ to submit to our thoughts. Or I could have said our feelings. We, we don't live by our feelings, guys. It's not what we do. Let me pray for you. I, I haven't been doing that at the end of the podcast, so I want to pray for you. If you're watching right now, uh, when, uh, or watching, you really wouldn't be watching it live because we're not live. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you for every single person that's watching this right now. Father, when they go back and watch it, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would come over them so strong. Lord, that when they press in, that they would see just how good that you are. Lord, we're not going to live by our feelings anymore. We're going to take our feelings and our thoughts and we're going to put them into submission to you. I pray, Lord, that we would learn not to be governed by our feelings, but to be governed by the truth of your word. I pray for that person watching right now that's going through depression, anxiety, all of those things, that they would take those thoughts into captivity and put them into submission of you and your word. Father, I pray for every person that's watching right now that hasn't been able to quote-unquote feel you. I pray that they would press in and understand that it's not about their feelings, but it's about the truth and reality of your word. Thank you, Lord, for everybody watching. I pray that you've spoken to them. And I pray that you'll speak to them as they open the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week.